podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and I am here on my own at the moment but I will be joined by Chris McElwain to discuss Celtic 3, Motherwell 1 and uh, I'm going to basically throw out a few of my observations and hopefully you can let me know what you think in the comments section um, as well. Graham Cotter, Corcus Pervy Adam. I want to start off with Adam Ida. Adam Ida comes in uh, in a Otherwise, disappointing transfer window, <clears throat> and he uh, was written off by a lot, a lot of uh, onlookers, observers, even Celtic fans, I guess, because he was deemed to be Norwich's third choice striker. He has been the man uh, today to come on and really make a massive difference for Celtic. Huge, huge goals, massive importance. Um, and I'll tell you something: at halftime, we had three thousand uh, one hundred plus on the stream. Uh, where are all the um, commenters with the Union Jack emojis at full time? I can't see many of you in there because uh, you get a wee bit carried away. You're not used to being in a title race. You get a wee bit carried away. Celtic had to turn it round at half time. Uh, I mentioned that uh, Brennan Rogers got 45 minutes to save our season and we did it. Um, we did it. And I'll tell you something, the nerves um, can't take much more of this, but... If I have to go through that every single week for the next 11 league games, if it means we get three points every time, I'll take it. Uh, we need to start looking at the uh, the fact that we can't play with that kind of level of quality, intensity, creativity for 90 minutes. We seem to be a one-half team at the moment, unfortunately. Um, but <clears throat> here we are, and we have won the three points. And I'm, I'm telling you, with regards to that performance in the second half, that's the type of performance that um, we need to be putting in every single week. There was far more drive, more bite. Um, it's not down to effort, I don't think. It's just more of a tempo, uh, an issue with tempo. We've now got Alistair Johnston um, and we've got Greg Taylor, Cameron Carter-Vickers back uh, in the side. I think the changes that we made today, we're going to have to talk about them. Awata came in, I thought he'd done really, really well. I could hear a few boos when he came off because of the uh, displeasure that he was coming off rather than anything to do with his performance or the man replacing him. Um, I think Novroski came in. I didn't see much wrong with his performance. Let me know in your comments if you agree or disagree with that. And I think that uh, Yang came in and made a huge impact, very, very positive impact on the right wing. Um, I think that you're, you're leapfrogging Kuhn in the start 11 there if you're Yang. Um, and also Ida. Of course, we'll come back to Ida as well. And at the very death... Uh, Palmer coming in, um, and I know that he's got a wee bit of stick. Chris is going to join me in just a second here. Um, in all the excitement, I didn't even invite him to join me. There he is. <laughs> Chris, sorry, I could have pretended it was your fault. I'll take that one. All day long. Um, feeling a wee bit hoarse after the, the oh. second half performance. And it's just, listen, this team is not perfect, Chris. It's no. far from perfect. That's the type of victory we're going to be getting. And I'd much rather that than dig it out than, you know, the continuation of the first half performance, which for me was really poor. 
I think I want to focus on the second half performance because it's far brighter, far more positive. Um, let's start off with Adam Eder. He's a guy who, as I've been saying uh, to the commenters out there, he's a guy who's got a bit of stick and I don't think it was a personal thing. I think it was down to the fact that we all had an idea of what we wanted to do in the January transfer window. Eder comes and everybody's going on about him being third choice striker. We're only aware of him because he's a Sydney Van Hooydonk, moved to Norwich, etc., etc. But I'll tell you something, he scored two massively important doubles and today was his second brace. Bro- he was brilliant and brilliant in his performance in that second half, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I'm an emotional wreck at the moment. Uh, that was, I, I was gearing myself Celt- up. Celtic's brilliant for that, eh? oh, I mean, they man. take you to the highest peaks, <laughs> they knock you to the depths, sometimes oh, all in the I, one game. I was, ge- I was geared up, I was like getting myself geared up for a fight, I was getting ready for, uh, that's it. you know, it's like segue, you know, when I met the guys at the Celtic Trust Me uh, the other day, they were asking, how's it going on, you know, since you joined Axel, I was like, yeah, it's great, it's but you've done a couple of match days there. We'd never do match days. That must be a nightmare. And I was like, no, I've quite enjoyed doing match days. And about five minutes before the end, I was like, I can see what the guys are talking about. <laughs> but you know the best thing? I get you came on and now, you know, we've won that game. We've actually won it probably a little bit more comfortably than we maybe deserve to over the, over the course there. But has there ever been a more Celtic-orientated type of win than, than that one? And go on to I mean, look, I, I don't care where you come from. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what your reputation is before you arrive at the club. See if you can come and, and do uh, you know do the business in big moments like that. That that's enough for me. That's what I want to see. The big man once he came on, put himself about. He was strong. He was mobile. He was tying up the defenders. He was showing it. You know, he was holding off challenges. And when the big moments came, and I know look, he, he missed a couple as well, but. That header was a superb header uh, to get us back into the game. And when you do that, you start to get that wee bit of belief. And then, this is a striker that can't head the ball, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, looked, looked all right to me. Um, you know, it does that. And, and he, he never stopped. And, you know, doubt did start to creep in. You know, so Maeda missing a couple of chances, probably three or four big chances that we should have had. Palma missed one, you know, as we were hitting the 90 minutes. You're thinking again, okay, it's going to be a 1 1. Uh, you kind of see it. That is why we used to say we never stop, right? It's that kind of attitude, and that's what we needed. We've had this Jekyll and Hyde, um, uh, you know, kind of type of performance thrown at us. You know, Jekyll and Hyde doing decent in the first half, second half's away. Well, actually, Hyde versus Jekyll today, because first half was diabolical. It was dreadful. It was one of the worst pieces of football I, I think I've seen in a good few years. But that second half, the attitude was there. The work ethic was there. Still, you know, I don't want to paper over the cracks, you know, but the things that weren't perfect, we, we didn't... We should never be leaving it as late as that to, to get comfortable in games. Um, but you win championships through grit, through determination... Um, through that never say die attitude, and I think Ida, along with a few other players in that second half, really exemplified that today. Damn, I'm oh. delighted. I'm, I'm relieved. I'm relieved is probably a better way to say. It. I'm, 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 I'm slumped into the chair, kind of out of breath. <laughs> don't, don't, don't really know how to feel to be honest. Everything feels better when Celtic win. <laughs> um, some of the points I was raising there uh, in relation to. Uh, Ida, for example, yeah, you've got the goals, but I think someone makes a brilliant point. It wasn't just his goals. Um, he was excellent. Here we go. Uh, Hammy brings it up. Either was excellent, even out with the goals. His general hold-up play was class. If if a striker like Chris Sutton 
is, is saying that the headed goal was a phenomenal header. You take note of that, right? Because he, for me, uh, Chris Sutton, was a game changer in my Celtic supporting life. I've seen a lot of kind of big guys who were good in the air. Um, Jan Venegura Hessling was good, I thought. I thought uh, Van Hooydonk was a, a, a handy player um, in the air. No, nobody was better than Henrik Larson. Uh, but that, you know that was just one aspect of his game. Chris Sutton was phenomenal. Uh, John Hartson was phenomenal. So when you get a compliment from Big Sutty, also a former Norwich player, you, you take it. But I think Hammy's right. His general hold-up play was class. There was a moment near the end of the game where he's thinking, right, I've got the strength, I've got the muscle, I'm going to take this to the corner flag and do that thing that Big Dembele used to do and just basically guard the ball with your life. And um, rather than try and throw another ball into the box, Chris, you know, it was just that wee bit of savvy. A wee bit of savvy that we've we've been missing recently. Yeah, and and that's uh, that, that's what I think we've been crying out for is when someone who can hold the ball up and bring other players into it, you know, you know, just tie up the defenders. We've been making it too easy for central defenders to play against us. You know, we we can't hold the ball up. We're trying to get past them, and we're we're not got the strength. Either looks as though he's got the strength, but he's also got a bit of mobility about him as well. For that second goal, him putting himself in a the position there as he's heading in towards the near. Uh, the near post that was brilliant that was instinctive striker play I, I want to see more of that um, I'm, I'm still I still want to see his play two up front I don't know what the reason for Keogh coming off was today whether it's performance or, or uh, I thought he'd maybe got tweaked an injury um, and I would like to have seen him stay on he put more pressure uh, up front but for Ida to, to, to go in and be that sole striker he was absolutely outstanding he did bring other players into it you know he held the ball up I mean that the, the foul, which I actually thought should have been a should be a red card for denying a, a goal scoring opportunity. You know, the ball he's got two hands on him, and he still managed to turn. And actually, you know, he wasn't far away from it, you know, from getting away um, from the player and getting a shot on goal. So I thought that was a clear red card foul. Um, but you know, he gives you that option. You know, he's going to win fouls in the round the box. He's got that ability to kind of back into players, um, as was mentioned. You know, but he's got bad. He has got that goal scoring ability about him. And, Look, I know his record at Norwich isn't great. We judge him on what we see him doing up here. I think yes. that's quite judge him on what we see him doing up here. I don't care what he's done for the past two, three, four, five, whatever years. What he's doing up here is what we should judge him on. If he has a bad game, we'll judge him on a bad game up here. If he has a good game or a good uh, half like he did today, I think we, he deserves all the credit in the world. So, yeah, I thought Big Man was great. Yeah, you're right. And I think that uh, we're in that position now where... Um, Brennan Rodgers has played a style, particularly from the wings, a delivery from the wings, that has not been suiting Kyogo. Uh, if Kyogo is injured, I would be gutted at that because that's a reoccurring injury. He was holding the shoulder and all this kind of stuff. It's a reoccurring injury. Potentially, I hope it was precautionary. But what's happened when he does come on is that the, the crossing for me suited the target a lot better. Um, and I'm not just talking about high balls into the box, but they are more lofted crosses. Although, in saying that, I'll tell you, Yang played a couple of cracking, low, hard balls into the box. And it takes me on to Mick's um, comment here. And I'm not, listen, I'm not going to try and dig out too many Celtic players today. There was a couple of guys for me weren't at the races, uh, on the wings, actually. Medel was, for me, um, you know, away from the goal, I think some of his work was brilliant. Um, he doesn't give defences a chance. He, he closes them down. He pins them back. That you know, he blocks them out. He blocks out spaces and all that. But when the balls flighted across the, the 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 box like that on two occasions, both of them have got to be scored. Both of them have got to be scored. And you look at those two chances he's had 
and it would have been a much more comfortable afternoon for Celtic had they gone in. Um, I think that the uh, the VAR decision, just because we've won, we can't ignore bad uh, refereeing decisions. I think the VAR and also the, the penalty shout that didn't even get a look uh, by column, I thought were, were poor decisions. I mean, it's easy to say that that wasn't a goal-scoring opportunity, but see once either turns, see once he's turned his man, you look at the distance between the two Motherwell defenders. Yeah. There's a gaping, there's a gaping space for yeah, either. He's got to shoot. Yeah, he's got to shoot. So I think there's an argument there. Obviously, uh, the red card wasn't forthcoming, and we did the business without uh, having to rely on it. Um, but I am keen to get as many uh, of your thoughts in as possible. So keep them coming in on the comment section. James Riley, thank you for supporting the channel. Upwards and onwards for the champions. Momentum starts here. Listen. James, I've been saying it since the Hibs game. Is this a turning point? I'm now resigned, I think, to the fact that we're going to have many more afternoons like this, Chris. And if we do, and it goes to 95, 96 minutes, and we have to pull out the fire like that, listen, I'll take it, because it's all about getting the three points at the moment. Um, Brendan Rodgers cut the figure at the end of that game of a very relieved man. I said at half-time, I wasn't throwing... Um, toys at the pram saying sack the manager I've never said it all season what I was saying is you've got 45 minutes to save the season Yeah, and we did it and we did it and I come away happy there was uh, there, there's always a Nostradamus in the comment section oh I said this would happen I would, I said that would happen and at half time we were talking about potential changes in the team um, and this particular individual who um, loves to to tell you he's Nostradamus after the event um, or oh, your professional advice to Brendan Rodgers well he made the changes that we suggested and the best change uh, obviously uh, after Ida was Yang Yang yeah. came on to a great game in the second half he looks far more direct flowing with confidence he's a big strong unit actually Yang isn't he because he yeah. looks because he's lean Chris I don't think you give him so much credit but he's a strong runner and he was really involved in most of our positive play in the second half. And for me, between now and end of the season, you're playing your form players. Kuhn's out the team now for me. Yang's in the team. Yeah, I, I, interestingly enough, I got a text from my old man um, saying exactly that. He said he thought Yang was the one that changed the game when he when he came on. Um, and I, th- I think there's a, there's a definite point there. Yang, the one word of caution I would have over Yang is he is coming on late in the games up against tired defenders, right? But I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? That's maybe where we... We, we try and use some of these wingers who are maybe not doing it from the from the start, but you're bringing them on. You know, guys get good running, good ability, and if they're coming up against tired defenders, maybe they're finding space that they're not finding in the first half or the first sixty minutes of, of, of matches. Um, but yeah, for me, Yang came on. He's thrown the crosses in that we want to see, which we've been crying out for: low, fast, you know, quick reactionary crosses. That's what we've been been asking for for ages. I mean, I think Kyogo would have probably thrived on that second, uh, you know, that second chance for either that he put put in the, the net. Um, but yeah, Kuhn, not great for me today overall. I, I, you know, I think there was more effort there than I've seen before. Yeah, he was trying a few things, but it didn't really come off for him. Um, and you know, he was he was you know part of a, a, a team that was really struggling at that point. Um, I think Yang came on, gave us that energy, coupled with Ida's ability to to tie up defenders, bring the the players in. Um, I thought worked really well. I thought you know Taylor started to come on more of a game. That cross for Ida's first goal was was absolutely sublime. But again, I'm asking the question, why is that not coming for the wires? You know, that, that type of delivery. Um, Maeda, you know, Maeda, I look at, he's 85% a top player. 
right? He's 85% of, of being a, a top player, but it's the 15% he doesn't have that's killing us. And it's the, it's the killer instinct in the final delivery is absolutely killing us uh, in, in games. He gives enough for me to be a positive influence on the team. I, I think he's, he's got, he brings attributes and he brings traits. And, you know, he didn't stop. I mean, for the full match, he was trying in there and his energy levels didn't drop, which is a great attribute. But, you know, those some of those chances should be getting put in net. And, and it's something that he's just... I, I don't know if it's something he can develop or he can, he can build on his game. I hope so, because I think if he does, we've got a hell of a player there. But with the 11 games, I think we've now got to go. We, we need him to, to, to you know bring that 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 fifteen percent that that clinical killer edge to his game that, that's just not there at the moment. You know, when it comes to things like instinctive play, I don't think you can add that to to a player's game. But you know, when it comes down to something, I, I say as simple as fundamental, uh, as rudimentary as crossing a ball, right? Yeah. I think you can work on that. It doesn't matter what age of oh, a footballer yeah. you are, right? And I think that. You know, people that, that disagree, and they have disagreed in the past with, with players that are over a certain age, they can't be developed. Just look at some of the development of the players under Brendan Rodgers' first time round, who were no spring chickens. You know, Scott Brown, the changes in his game um, under Brendan Rodgers, Scott Sinclair. Uh, you can take a player, Chris, regardless of their age, and you can refine certain elements of the game. Uh, things like anticipation, um, that, that type of of reactionary um, player. You you can't really teach that. That's very much a natural thing. But passing, tackling, shooting, heading the ball, these are things that absolutely can be improved upon. And I know that Harry Kuehl was working with our offensive players right up until he's left. And, you know, it was almost a matter of time. You knew he was interested in um, management coaching. He wanted to be his own man. But I I think there's something to be said with that. You know, with our, our forward players maybe struggling to fit Brendan Rodgers' idea of how we deliver the balls into the box. Um, someone within the club, someone outside of the club, we need to focus on it again, I think. And uh, it can be improved. I would never ever uh, suggest for a moment, regardless of your age as a footballer, um, or even any kind of sportsman, you, you can see how boxers, tennis players, they get a certain coach in and they improve certain elements of their yes. game. You know, it happens and it's the same with football. So yeah, I... You know, that extra 15% that you're talking about takes Maeda from a, a very, very useful first-choice Celtic player to someone who's on a different level. I think you know, so. that, that's the thing um, that you've got to be aware of as well because once you turn him into that player, you inevitably lose him. Um, so, Scott, I'm going to bring this up. I think it's a great point, and it's often forgotten uh-huh. on days yeah. like today. Yeah. Half-time, I think I used the St. Johnston example Chris and I said you know we need that same turnaround in the second half whereby we come out you know the traps it's a different tempo we win the game 3-1 and it's happened right um, and a big part of that game at St Johnson was Joe Hart's save at the very death you know right in at the post he saves it left handed save we break away we score a goal um, and it seals the three points Joe Hart's save today just as important by the way Beautiful. Soph is absolutely spot on. Um, I, that was a that for me could be as important as the as the, the goals we ended up scoring. Um, I was massively concerned at the lack of centre back presence when when that ball went in. Um, it was a spot on header. It was going in. Joe Hart has pulled us out of the coals again. He's he's pulled us at the fire. That was an, an immense instinctive save, and it's something we we continually point out. 
with Joe Hart. Look, he's got his deficiencies as a goalkeeper. Most goalkeepers have them. But I, I know there's this view that a top Celtic goalkeeper should be doing that for us. But look, that's, that's easy to say. That save could very well be the big contributory factor to us winning the title. You know, because if we'd lost a goal there and gone, uh, gone behind again, I don't know if we would have recovered. I don't know if our, our guys have got the mental strength to recover. Uh, from that with the position they're in at the moment. So that was a huge, huge moment in that game and it could end up being a huge moment in the season. So, yeah, absolutely. Full credit to, to Joe Hart and again, it just increases my uh, my view that we should hold him up uh, as, as a top, top player for us uh, when he eventually does, does retire. Yeah, let's just hope that the last act of Joe Hart is to lift the Scottish oh, Cup please. in May to seal a double. Listen, it's going to be tough, Jim, or... Oh. On Friday was brilliant. Jim was speaking about, look, this is a title race. Embrace it. There's going to be moments. There's going to be moments where you think you're down and out and then something happens. And today was one of those days, right? It's not as convincing as beating Hearts 5 nothing at Ibrox, right? Were you excited in that second half, Chris? Were you entertained as a Celtic <laughs> fan in that second half? I think I was. Uh, depends how you define entertainment. I think there's a fair amount of stress involved as well. <laughs> Quite a lot of swearing. Uh, going on, and as you probably seen for the group chat, we're going back and forth. Bloody hell, you know, you know. But it's that, that, that's what football's about, right? And and I, I I don't know if my heart will take you know another eleven games in the same circumstance. But see if we see if we get the same result for it in the next eleven games, I'll take it. You know, I'll take it all day long. You know, that that's ultimately that's what I, what it's about. As I said. We've got to keep winning. We've got to keep beating uh, the teams that are in front of us. Forget what Rangers is doing. They, they're, they're not our concern uh, until we actually come to play them. But for the 11 games that's left, we've got to beat every team. It's one-off games. It's cup finals. Sound of Claxon is all you want. I don't care. It is, every game's a cup final just now. And every game is going to be determined on moments like we saw today with either brilliant, good on them, give them all the credit in the world, really need them to continue doing it. Yang coming on, having that kind of impact. I mean, it doesn't matter who's starting or who's coming on as substitutes. Everybody's got to play to the to the level. I think I want to give a big shout out to the supporters there who stayed to the end. I mean, that, that <laughs> our supporters deserve the best players, the best performance, the best team and the best effort on the, on the park. Um, and they deserve to be able to enjoy moments uh, like this. I mean, the, the guys that are out there supporting, whether they're doing it for their armchairs, they're at the stadium, you know, they're backing the team to the to, to the hill um, and they stayed behind there for the, the goals to go in and, and thankfully the, the team was able to reward them. But is it enough to save Rob, save Brendan, you know, if we get to the end? I mean, you, you've got to give him credit. If he takes, you know, ultimately the best team will win the, win the, the, the title, the best manager will, will, will win the title. Um, I do think he's got work to do to, to bring the supporters back on side. I mean, I'll... I'll you know, set my stall out. I wanted Brendan back. I wanted him back. I was I was pleased with it. I wasn't one of the naysayers. I, I understand why the resistance to bring him back. I absolutely get that. You know, so I'm not a I'm not a happy clapper, a rah rah fan, or anything like that. But for me, I want to judge him similar to the players. I want to judge him on what we achieve this season. And if we don't win a title, I think his time's up. If we scrape by the title, I'm maybe on the fence. I don't know. I and mean, it depends what what happens in, in terms of the summer, in terms of recruitment. Um, I, I, we we need to see an improvement in performance between now and the end of the season. We need to win the games, and we need to see. Just, just don't, don't, don't make you suffer like this you know, for the next eleven games. I know, 
don't don't keep me suffering. Uh, you and Boy Martin at half time came on and there he is supporting, he's supporting the channel always, you and uh, never in doubt, lads, keep the faith. Keep the faith indeed, my friends. And uh, PK, we didn't crumble this time and live to fight another day, but we need to massively yeah. improve. You know, great. you know the Easter Road game, and I was talking about turning points. You're looking, you're you're trying your best to find little nuggets, little, little glimmers of hope. Um, I think what I'm talking about is a team that can be up against it, like often in adversity, they come through it, it galvanizes them. It, it helps them rally the team, puts a smile on their face, a smile on a on a player's face that we're not going to be angered by, uh, which will take us on to Palmer. Any idea what was on Palmer's shirt? Let us know in the comments section. I was trying to think, figure out. Wrong answers only. Absolutely. Was it Spanish <laughs> or something? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Stephen Kennedy. Uh, Rogers looked a very relieved man. Uh, weren't we all, Stephen? Weren't we all, mate? Um, and Maestro, 95. Yang done well along with Ida. Just shows you it can turn. I think we're at a stage at the moment where you're playing your form players. I think both of those guys start during the week. I don't think there can be any complaints about it. Um, but a, a couple of the other boys that came in, Chris, we had Awata, defensive mids, we had Novroski, centre half. I thought they did well. Carter Vickers obviously starts at the back. But, you know, you've now got an option there with, with regards to Navroski, I suggested a couple of weeks ago, the partnership could well be, it could develop as Carter Vickers. Navroski, I mean, scales, listen, you've seen him celebrating at the end of the game, how much it means to a player like Liam Scales, how great a season he's had. I think he does slow us down. I think that, as I say, the, the, the kind of, the, the pace that he breaks at, the, the, the pace that he carries the ball at, Chris, takes far too many touches at times. Yeah. Um, and it does affect us. I thought Navroski did well. You know, tell me otherwise in the comments if you disagree. I was surprised to see him hit. I, th I thought he, I, I, over the two centre backs, I thought he was the he was a better performer today in terms of what we what we needed. Um, I think he was a great chance for a header um, in that second half. But overall, I thought he didn't have one of his best games. And I think you're right. It's not necessarily he's not doing huge amounts wrong in terms of his fundamentals. I thought his passing was poor at times today. Mm -hmm. um, but. He, he does, he slows the pace down. You know, he doesn't have that ability to, to release the ball quickly or spot a move, building and, and react to it. Um, and I thought Naroshki is a bit more, you know, he seems a bit more uh, capable of doing that. I think you're right. I would like to see Carter Vickers and Naroshki given a run as a settled defence. I, I, I don't mean this to say that scale's done. I think he'll still have his part to play. Um, I, you know, I think there's still a player in there. But, I, th I would like to see Brendan mix up a little bit the back and go with go with Carter Vickers and, and Naroshki now they're fit. Um, I think you know now we've got Taylor back. I thought Johnston first half not brilliant. I think you, you mentioned maybe the mask was affecting him. <laughs> thought second half came on to a better game. Much better. Much better. Um, and I think if we can just get a settled back four, a back four that are playing comfortably, building up an understanding, um, playing with smelling in the face as you say, and are helping to build those attacks at a pace that we need it, uh, you know, we need to build that, then yeah, I think that's the that's the, the partnership I'll go with. You see, Johnston, I don't think it's a coincidence, Chris, that um his performance improved in the second half because he had a player in Yang in front of him. I mean Kuhn for me, very reluctant to write anybody off, but I never saw anything. I, I see nothing from Kuhn in his performance today that would suggest that he is going to be in the starting team sheet during the week. 
No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think he's a, there could be a player in there, but I'm viewing him now as a guy that we do have to try and develop. And I know that seems ridiculous when you're talking about 24 uh, years old, uh, when a winger should be you know, approaching kind of peak years. But the, the, the point is he's not had a huge amount of football uh, and certainly not a huge amount of top flight football. And he's just in the door. I think you take him out of the firing line uh, a little bit. And I think what you do is you, you Yang's had more time to adapt now. Um, his confidence will be high because of the way he performed, you would hope. Uh, coming in, um, maybe we give Kuhn the same opportunity. Maybe we bring him on later in a, in a game against a tired defence and give him the opportunity to go and run against tired legs and actually maybe you know show his attributes, uh, you know under slightly easier circumstances. Maybe that's how we build his confidence up. Maybe that's how we build his understanding up. Um, it's just the wings are just problem positions for us at the moment. We have there's a there's a winning formula there. We we just need the manager to try and find that. Um, and I think when we do, we'll be in a much stronger position. Yeah, talking at stronger positions. CCV is back. Frank re- regards him as the best player in Scotland. He gives us an assuredness at the back. You know, he's everything. Uh, he slows it down uh, to a pace that suits him. But he, he never ever, for me, he never flaps. He, he looks up. He takes his time. He picks out a pass. He's phenomenal. And the fact that he's back in the team uh, for me is, is huge. Um, and we're now waiting on Rio coming back. There's been mixed, different um, information midway through March to the end of March, I've been hearing. So uh, we need to get him back in the team as well. John Paul II, how did Maida miss from on the line? Well, he's done it a few times, let's be honest, right? And um, other than that, I thought Maida played pretty well, but the, the change had to be made. Palma had to come on when he did. Uh, young Bats, that lofty ball into the box is frustrating. I had fallen out with all my family there. Uh, now he needs to go back and grovel with him. Listen, we've all been there. We've all been there, right? Um, Kev Dunn had this down for a loss at half time, lacked confidence, yeah. And, and we said we need, there was no question, even a draw, not good enough. I'll tell you one thing though, see against Kilbarnock, where it was announced how much injury time was being added on, and we were 1 nothing up at the time. I thought I still wasn't confident. See, no. when the, the, the time added on was announced at Motherwell there, I thought to myself, we're winning this. I, I still had the confidence we were going to win. We were game. on the front foot. We were on, that was the difference. We were on the front foot, right? We we had, we performed well for the bulk of that 45 minutes in the second half. Few few flaky moments, you know, the the, the, the one that Joe Hart bailed us out in particular. Um, but I thought we were on the front foot and there looked to be a little bit of belief there. You know, and that was exemplified, as we said, by Yang. You know, much more direct firing crosses, either was just on it, you know, he was just he was just on a game. And I think he he felt he was going to get another one. Um, you know, and I thought, yeah, that the, the potential was there. But very similar to Kev, I wouldn't deny it, at half time, based on the first half performance, I was like, no, I can't see this. I can't see this is coming from. Um, and then you, you get misses like Maeda's, I was I was wavering a little bit. But I just thought towards the end there, when we were, we're starting to get a little bit of penetration, I thought, yeah, there's this, this potential. But I'm, I'm not going to say I was 100% confident because I'd be lying, I wasn't. Uh, I was I was quietly, quietly, stressfully confident. <laughs> like it. Um, Charlie Connolly, welcome to the show. Ida and Yang have to be starters, I agree with that. You play the guys on form now. Jim McLaughlin couldn't watch the last period of the game. I'm 67. <laughs> not good for the health, says Jim. Um, that's what Celtic does to you, mate. Paul. Love scales, but he moves too slow. Is that Ronnie Glavin? It is. It's Ronnie Glavin in the avatar. Oh, that's what Look is. at that. That is vintage. Look at that hair. That's, that's a hair. I was going to say that's a hair. Beautiful head of hair. Uh, love scales, but he moves too slowly with the ball. Paul, I'm getting that. And 
against Dundee, I still think he'll get picked. I think that Carter Vickers will come back in, Navroski will take a seat on the bench. I'm, I'm basing that on what Brendan Rodgers has done this season. But I do agree with you, Paul, with what you say. Uh, Steve Lang, where was the fight in the first half or the other games of the season? Sometimes it comes down to personnel. I mean, even in the second half, I've no mentioned it. I thought that Matt O'Reilly came onto a game. You know, he was getting criticism at half time. Thought he had a much better second half. Uh, Greg Taylor, much better second half. Alistair Johnson, better second half. So you've got guys who have improved in the second half, and then you've got the changes that's improved the overall shape of the team and the urgency of the team and we managed to get the goals and that's the most important thing. I've got to thank every single one of you. Um, I've got to commend Chris for his impeccable taste in both clothing and shade of green. Uh, obviously when you join the Axom team you're given an agenda and you're given the pantone for Axom and yourself and Lawrence have uh, used the same tone of green in your office. Everybody else has to follow suit. That's how it works, Chris, isn't it? You're all given a script. You've all got to follow it, eh? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's just a list of prerequisites we've got to do. You know, I think I mentioned when I joined, I said they were all winding me up saying that. I said, you've got to do Paul John's laundry and, you know, you've got to go and, you know, mow somebody's lawn and, and do all that. But no, the just, guys, some, just until something else comes along. Well, do you know, and hopefully you don't mind me mentioning it, but yesterday I was down at Lawrence's house and we were, Lawrence is building a, a what, what's going to be, a, I think, a pretty tremendous bar. He's got an outbuilding and he's, and he's properly... Um, and I have to say, I really enjoyed it. It was extremely welcoming, you know, with a bit of a laugh, good, good bit of chat. It was good to get you home. Um, and yeah, we put me to work, so we're scraping wallpaper and we're getting the green paint on. Um, and I won't spoil what the bar's going to look like, but I think it's going to be going to be tremendous. But he's a, yeah, he's a good man. And everybody I've met, you mentioned Jim earlier, and I was at Celtic Trust meeting with Jim. And if you think Jim's impressive on the podcast, you meet him in person, and that's if I would, if you to look up a picture of a true. Dying a real Celtic fan, I think you'd see a picture of Jim. Genuinely, I mean that that man is is, is just Celtic embodied, uh, incredible guy. It was like me, it was like me off for saying that. Now I'll get up again. My absolute pelters in the uh, in the group chat, but I don't care. Uh, see someone. The good thing with Jim, he gave a, a rousing speech on Friday. Go and check it out on the channel on YouTube. Um, and Jim obviously was an activist back in the day uh, with Save Our Celts, uh, which was a a precursor to Celts for Change back in the 90s. And uh, he was there at the forefront. He was on the telly getting spoken to by uh, all and sundry. Um, and he's a great contributor to Axon. Um, as are every single one of you who are tuning in, um, the subscription figures are going up and up. And we're just about at 15 million views. No other Celtic channel on the planet other than the club has hit 15 million. So thanks, everybody, for your support. Give us a wee thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Join us again tomorrow at 12.30. And um, I will also be doing a wee wander round paradise. I've got a very special guest coming with me tomorrow, and it's Jamie Tierney, senior. Um, and we're going to be talking about what we're going to do with some of the incredible items that have been sent in from people like Chris and others. Uh, many of the signed jerseys are here and there. Uh, that's pretty hard when it's uh, the mirror image. Um, and we're going to be running big auctions in March every single day. They're going to be done in such a way that, you know, it's affordable, Chris. You know, everybody will be able to get their hands on some kind of Celtic memorabilia, be it a signed ball, a jersey, a print, all that kind of stuff, a canvas. We've got loads of items and we're going to be raising some cash for the yep. wee guy. So uh, tune in. I just mention on that, Paul John. Just uh, I think you know, big shout out to everyone that's contributed to Jamie's fund. Um, I'm actually doing the the kilt walk this year, uh, along with Jamie's dad and a team he's put together. Um, so I'll be 
I'm reaching out for, for sponsorship on, on that. But I think, you know, there's, there's still places for that kind of walk. So if people want to maybe come along and, and support, um, you know, we're doing everything we can uh, for the wee fella. And I believe he's done his own assault course as well. He's done yes. his own 3K. So yep. incredible for, for little fellow. He's conditioned, but he's an absolute warrior. And I couldn't, I couldn't wish him anything but happiness. And, you know, I think everybody that's contributed, you know, good on you. It's, it's an amazing cause. Yeah, now, I'm going to have to ask you, right, because I think there's clues in the name. You basically walk with a kill on. Is that is that the script, right? Yeah, you, you, you do. I think I think you can. I don't think it's mandatory, but uh, right. I mean, the only kill I've got is my wedding kill, and that was back in 2012, so any chick that can still fit in it. <laughs> well, that takes me on to what I was going to say. In terms of kilts, everybody's got their own uh, taste when it comes to fashion. Ming's is obviously a mid-90s uh, Matalan vibe, but when it comes to kilts, I've worn a kilt twice in my life, right? One of them was at a friend's wedding where I was part of the, the party and I had to wear a kilt. Another one was at a pantomime where I played Wee Jimmy, Prince of Glasgow. Um, and I wore the centenary Celtic hoops. It was 1987, November, December time, with a full face of makeup. There are photographs available oh, somewhere. Um, I, so I've, I think I was scarred for life. I've never been a big fan of kilt since then. <laughs> But I was donning the hoops. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Uh, join us tomorrow at 12.30, as usual, where I'll be joined by Asim uh, and Jerry. Uh, all the stuff for me to say. Chris McElwain, thank you for joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Thanks, Paul, John. Cheers, everyone. Network.